But also, um, why was Hurley reciting the numbers to himself before? I think, I think boyfriend's getting a little bit of cuckoo out there in the jungle. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to say dehydration and stress. The phrase boyfriend's getting a little cuckoo out there in the jungle. You're welcome. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey, and when this episode goes up, I will be a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I oh, like rooting anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I were on the island, the thing that I would most like to find in the hatch is my mom. Aww. <laughs> That's really cute. It's very sweet. And logical, because your mom knows how to solve almost all problems. Yeah. Yeah. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass milfs and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And if I were on the island, the thing I would want to find in the hatch is absolutely Henry and Cusick. Thank you. (laughs) Great. And once again, we have the lovely Joe Garfine with us. Woo! Oh, hello. Uh, yes, I'm Joe Garfine, and I am not telling you my age. That's just not happening. Um, you can find me everywhere online at Opinionated, which is Opinionated with a J, and at Cancer Gets Lost, which is my fact. I am Cancer Gets Lost. I run the small charity raising, fundraising via auctions of your favorite pop culture items, and I donate the proceeds to cancer organizations. But really, honestly, what I would want in the hatch is exactly how I would answer a question like this on Twitter, which is hope. Oh, beautiful. I, I am like John Locke only in that way that I believe that hope is represented down there. Yeah. Even though we you know that's, sap. Even though we know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Although I also wouldn't mind if Juliet was down there. Thank you. Yes. Good. Great, great. Good stuff. Great, great, yeah. great. Um, today we have word to say about episode 125 of Lost Exodus part three. Okay, so we're just, you know, it's the same as it has been the last two episodes. Um, but the broadcast date was May 25th, 2005. It was written by Damon and Carlton and directed by Jack Bender. All my friends. Thank you. Um, good one. <laughs> okay, Robin is now going to recap part three of this in the style of Lost 8 Minutes and 15 Seconds, but she's going to do it in one minute. And if she doesn't, She's going to speed herself up like a chipmunk, but I believe in you. I think you can do it. I think I can do it too. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I'm going to make it big on my screen. I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Count me in and then I'll start. All right. Time in. <sighs> one, two, three. In the season one finale of Lost, a couple things happen. Just a couple. In the past, Locke has to get carried onto the plane, Hurley rushes to catch it with a perfectly scored soundtrack, and it's all brought together by a flash of everyone boarding, having no idea what's in store. On the island, Saeed and Charlie look for Rousseau, Charlie getting injured in the process. They find her, and her trade didn't quite work out. She thought the others wanted the boy. What other boy is there? Hmm. Oh, hey, what about Walt? Speaking of, the raft is going well, and they finally get a blip on the radar. They use their one flare and find a small boat of others, including a friendly face, and the raft is destroyed. (laughs) Walt is taken. In the jungle, Locke nearly gets sucked into a hole by the monster, but Jack saves him, even though he didn't want to be saved. Jack reveals that he went against the plan and put dynamite in his pack instead of Kate's. Once they set up the dynamite, Hurley notices that the numbers are etched into the side of the hatch and tries to stop them, but Locke has come too far and lost too many boons, so he goes ahead with it anyway. (laughs) I wonder what's in the hatch. I lost it at too many boons. That's true. That was good. Good one. (laughs) Let's grab our notes. Here we go. All right. The beach. Or I guess, you know, it just said the beach on Lostpedia, and so I went, yeah, the beach, but most of it doesn't actually take place on the beach at all. (laughs) You fool. Okay, so first we have Sun and Claire, and she brought her some tea, 
And it's nice because you're like, oh, are they going to pass the Bechdel test? And then Sun's just like, hey, I brought you tea. She's like, thanks. And then she goes, so anyway, let's talk about a dude. (laughs) Every time. I'm like, curses. Yeah. So she asks what Aaron means. And Claire's like, I don't know. I just thought of it. She's like, Charlie said that he would bring him back. So he will. I believe. It's like, wow, man of faith much? Yeah, I was going to say, man of faith. There you go. Mm -hmm. There's your answer. Um, Charlie is dumb and gets uh, hurt by a trap, which is just falling rocks. And he hurts his head. And so he's like, you know what? Saeed's like, dude, go back. And he's like, no, I can't because I promised. And so he decides to put gunpowder on his head and... um, Ow. Yeah, that's a good resourceful was, scene, though. Yeah, for It was sure. so resourceful, but it was, like, right next to his eye, yes, and I was like, guys. I was guys. thinking about that. I was like, there's some over where it shouldn't be. <laughs> his eye, his beautiful eyes, guys. Yeah. Just put, like, a wet rag right there. Um, logistics. Uh, <laughs> it stressed me out so much. I, is that, like, a legitimate way of doing something? Is that how you cauterize a wound? Um, you're asking the wrong human being. I Okay, well, like, I can't yes. believe neither of you are doctors. I know, how rude of us. Yeah, I mean, I know, I think I personally would probably just, I don't know, wrap a bandage or like some sh- t-shirt on it and keep going, but yeah. <laughs> There's the infection, that's, just, that's the sweaty infection. That's just me. And although oh, he yeah, didn't you're get right. knocked out, like that was a serious head injury that nothing ever happens about. <laughs> Ouch. This show just ignores that head injuries are a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they get to the black smoke. It's like a fire thing, obviously. And there's like, wow, there's no footprints around the thing. Like, how did this happen? And I'm thinking, like, the tide <laughs> made the oh, footprints yeah. go away. Mm-hmm. I don't Or, like, they're magic people. I don't know. <laughs> but they hear a generic baby cry, and they think that's got to be the one baby I know, <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> He's our friend! <laughs> so then they find Russo, and she's also crying because her trade isn't working out and the others weren't there. They were not here. Daniel, you have to give us the baby. I just wanted my Alex back. I thought if I gave them the baby. There never were any others. You started the fires yourself. No. I heard them whispering. You're a nut job. You heard nothing. I heard them say they were coming for the child. The others said they were coming for the boy. Charlie says, like, you started this yourself. You d- It's been your plan the entire time. And she's like, no, 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 I wouldn't have. I heard them whisper that they were coming for the boy. And, like, I just want to give a shout out to Mira Furlan, who plays Danielle, because I mm-hmm. always have such a big respect for actors that allow themselves to be real and, like, not, not, real life is not always pretty. Or glamorous. Or glamorous, yeah. exactly. Like, she would be upset, and so she's allowing herself to ugly cry, and I think that's great. Yeah, true story. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's a very vulnerable actor. And then Charlie calls her pathetic, which is a throwback, or I guess parallel to earlier, which was last episode, but it would have been the same episode. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh. And I keep putting in the wrong heckin' letters on on my notes. Hold up, fam. I'm messing you guys, things you up. You guys always speak in we rate dog language? Oh, she yes. Does. I kind of picked that up last time, but I was like, huh, it's a thing. <laughs> Somehow. She does, and it's slowly spread uh, to the rest of us, and so we're all like, oh, wonderful. <laughs> now we all sound like 
Twitter idiots. <laughs> Twittiots. Um, no, <gasps> you don't. But I have a foul po- a potty mouth sometimes, especially on podcasts. So I should, you know, mm-hmm. I should follow your lead. <laughs> <laughs> I've accidentally, like, I've been watching a lot of Drag Race, obviously. So I've slipped my vocabulary into hers now. So it's mm-hmm. it, it's fair trade off. Fair, yeah. fair. That storyline went really quickly because now Charlie goes and gives Claire Aaron back and they're happy. <laughs> and he, except he has a Mary statue. Is that it? That's all that they, that in that storyline in this episode, right? They wrapped, they kind of wrapped yeah. it up. Yeah, because most of it was last episode. I was just wanting yeah. to check my notes, make sure I didn't miss anything. So like, was the point of that storyline just to have Claire remember Rousseau and then for someone to foreshadow that they were going to, going to take Walt? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. Yeah. But also show Charlie in a happy place and show that now he has a challenge in front of him to ruin yeah. everything. Yeah. Ooh, good point. <laughs> Cause depressing point. Yeah. Boyfriend's gonna f up. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, then let's well, do let's do the other storyline then the jungle. Cool. Okay. So I like how you like left out like the um the reunion with Shannon and Saeed. Thank you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Literally, Literally that it's just earned. like Saeed washing his face and Shannon being like, "Oh, I care more about this person." Hug. That's it. I mean, I get that she's lonely now, but like, this is not earned yet to me. I know they're planting seeds, spoiler alert, but like, I just, no. I mean, to me, it was just like the most Hollywood thing that there's like this convenient waterfall. (laughs) He's like, wash himself off in his like tank top with like this waterfall and like throwing his hair back. And I was like, really? (laughs) But to be fair, just like I joked about last night on Instagram, like, which is not relevant for this, whenever this podcast airs, the, the fact that Josh Holloway is always shirtless and Saeed is always in a tank top. I mean, you don't get a lot of equal opportunity like this on television. Mm, you're right. Because mm-hmm. I think Evie's really the only one who is strips at all. Yeah. True story. And then she does less and less as the series goes on. Because mm-hmm. uh, she's a winner. And it's I true. think it was in translation where Yoonjin wore a bikini once, but I don't think she's ever. Correct. Like yeah. that scantily yeah. clad again. Yep. Shout out. Honestly, the only thing that I could really think of during their <laughs> their hug was like, I'm sure Naveen smells lovely, but like Saeed wouldn't. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Saeed probably stinks. I'm I like, I of- wonder what these people smell like. I mean, I don't want to know because I bet it's not bad. great. But they smell bad. It's like a long episode of Survivor where you don't have toothpaste, you don't have deodorant, you don't have a razor. You just yeah. go with it. If you want some loving, you just go there. <laughs> Oh, you know, but it's the same with the hundred though. Like they all probably stink. Oh my God. They do. Of course they do. Yeah. Um, so going into the other storyline, they find the monster. And I mean, my big question is that Kate doesn't take off her backpack, but she's not supposed to know that she doesn't have dynamite. So I think that's like a, a bit of a continuity error blooper. Right. No, I that, I think it's like a little Easter egg for the audience that they should be wondering why Kate's backpack isn't blowing up. Ah. I guess that's true. I just like yeah, a little ex- disappointed in Kate for forgetting. Like that's a that could have been a fatal issue. Oh yeah, I I don't think I would ever forget that there's a bomb strapped yeah. to the back of me, but I don't know. That's me. But, but also I like Kate, the, I, that idea. But Kate is also like sort of a little bit fatalistic. Like you notice when she was last episode, she was like, I have to do this. It's like she's trying yep. to redeem her previous life and or has a death wish. You know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like 
maybe it was it was a conscious decision to just take off with it on. Yep. You know what? Like oh, this whole storyline with Kate and Jack is really paralleling to this conversation that Michael and Sawyer have where he says either you're a hero or you yeah. want to die. And that's exactly right. what yeah. I feel like Kate and Jack are both doing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But whereas I find that and I'm I don't know if it's just like, you know, white guy exhaustion, but whereas I find it like interesting in Kate, in Jack I'm bored by. It. <laughs> Yeah, because um, you're used to it. Know. You're used to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, Kate doesn't take off her pack, but Jack does. So the audience is like, hmm, okay. And then Locke does too, but he's kind of just like going toward the thing because I guess the last time he saw it, it was the most beautiful thing he ever saw, right? And so I think in the um, transcript, it says his face goes from wonder to terror. And I just want to give a shout out to Terry for just slaying that part. Yeah. Terry O'Quinn, man, so I good. think he's the best actor, especially the first few seasons. And arguably, when he, be, you know, oh, I can't say it. Never mind. Um, yes, I agree. <laughs> no, he is one of the best actors. Yes. And certainly as seasons go on, he's been challenged with some amazing content. Yeah. Yeah. And he won the Emmy, yes? He did. He and Michael Emerson? Yes. And I would just say that with trying not to be spoilery until later, that looking at what we know in season five and six and looking how they did map this out starting in season one, I think it's kind of brilliant. Yeah. 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 I think Locke's arc was probably the most realized early yes, on. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fully agree. It didn't have to be altered because of an actor leaving, so. Mm-hmm. And that's the tea. That is the tea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Locke ends up getting dragged by the monster, and I have a question as to why that is, like, closer to the spoilers section, um, so I'm not really sure. Or, like, what was, like, holding on to him? Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, you could picture something really scary, though. Yeah. But, okay, so Locke is, like, going, gonna go into this heckin' hole, and of course Jack is, like... I have to go save him because I am the protagonist. And so he goes (laughs) to save him. um, And he says, no, 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 I'll be okay. Like, I'm totally, I'll be fine. Just let me go. And Jack's like, "Uh, I don't think so. And so they throw the dynamite in the hole and somehow it works. Um, Sure. My next question is, where does the hole lead? But that's when we get to spoiler spoilers. Yeah. We'll talk about the abilities of the smoke monster. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But wait, someone write that down so that we remember to talk about it. I think it. we'll remember Smokey. I, I, I was okay. joking, but I was like, Smokey. that scene already of Bellamy saving Clark in season one. Mm. Oh, I was about to say oh, that. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, Bellamy definitely had that alpha male, like, I am going to be the leader. I'm going to save people's lives thing going on. Not, not that he doesn't anymore, but it was, an, I actually really like season one Bellamy. So, yeah. So did I. I liked that he was kind of unapologetically a very problematic asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We're, and I loved it. Like, I, I love the evolution of it. But that those first couple episodes where he's learning, oh, I might just be the cocky teenager. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> ah. And I liked that it took time, but they revealed his heart over time and mostly through Octavia. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really sweet. Sorry. That, that was a... Was a <laughs> it just accidentally turned into a hundred. It did. Podcast. I was like, sorry, guys. Tangent. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the tangent episode. We're talking about the hundred again. Yeah, surprise. Drink. Drink. <laughs> so, yeah, they're walking through a jungle and Hurley is reciting the numbers. And Kate's like, what, 23? And he's like, yeah, like, what does 23 mean to you? And she's like, well, 23,000 is the amount that I was, like, up for, for reward. Um, and so this is basically, like, the show telling us, dude, go back, because they've been there since the beginning. Yep. And they sure have. That kind of thought process doesn't happen anymore. No. No. Or if it does, they they pretend it does and they try and trace it back and Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. It wasn't organic. Unless it was Westworld, it wasn't Mm -hmm. organic. Yeah. 
But Westworld exists because of Lost in terms of the yeah. Easter egg and the mystery of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What am I writing? Hold up, fam. <laughs> I don't know what happened on heckin' Thursday night when I wrote these down. I'm just Put the wine the down, place. man. Put the wine down. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Wait for me to... On Thursday night, she... Was that Thursday night that you called me and you were dancing like a oh, maniac? no, that was yesterday. Mm, yeah. No, Can't I figured it out, days. you guys. I figured it out. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um. Okay. Locke and Jack are having a chat. And he's like, hey, like, did you want to die or what? Like, why did you want to go into this hole? And he's like, I don't know. I just felt like I'll be okay. <laughs> Jack's like, what the heck? Like I needed... I. It's like, it's either the hatch or the hole. He just, he wants to go yeah. down there so bad. I so dig the unwavering confidence of season one, John Locke. Yeah. yeah. Especially what we know now, especially because of the flashbacks. And it's like, he's never felt more at home than he does right now mm-hmm. on this uh, crazy island being pulled into holes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I truly think that he thinks nothing that happens to him on that island will result in his death. Right. Yeah. That's, he's, that's what I'm saying. The unwavering confidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also love, like, love, love that his original job, I think this isn't a spoiler from season one, you know, that he worked at a box, he was a box man. He worked at the box factory. Yeah. yeah. And everything about him is outside of the box, especially now. Oh, and cute. I, just, I do love that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Lo- Locke sort of, it's, it's hard to understand, like, why he has such a blind belief, considering he doesn't know what entity he believes in. But because of the gift that he was given, he's just going to, like, run full tilt at it. Like, I don't... That's incredible yeah. to me. And there's nothing villainous about it. No. No. No one... Re- there's something unsettling yes. about yeah. it, but not villainous. Even back then, when it was live, like, I remember just being on message boards and emailing with friends and no one like you felt bad for him. But then when he transitioned into this sort of Island believer, you sort of rooted for him. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want to know the mysteries as much mm-hmm. as he yeah. does. And he wasn't angry like everybody else. Yeah. He was just pleased to be there. I mean, he's <laughs> up on his legs. So he's just like, he definitely appreciates the new life more than the others. Mm-hmm. He's definitely like that guy in your friend group who like smokes the most uh. weed. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's, he's shaggy yeah. from this. If he's Scooby the gang, he's shaggy. He definitely is. Although I would argue that Sawyer might be that guy. Oh, oh yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> Crap. Um, uh, so he's like, yeah, the island is testing us. See, the, the difference between us is that you're a man of science and I'm a man of faith. And and that's the, like, literally the next episode, 201, is called Man of Science, Man of Faith. Man. Ding, ding. I think that's why you and I don't see eye to eye sometimes, Jack. Because you're a man of science. Yeah. And what does that make you? Me? Well, I'm a man of faith. Do you really think all this is an accident? That we, a group of strangers, survived? Many of us with just superficial injuries? You think we crashed on this place by coincidence? Especially this place? We were brought here for a purpose, for a reason, all of us. Each one of us was brought here for a reason. He's like, it it wasn't an accident for us to be here. The island brought us here. And it's been our destiny this entire time. Like everything that we have done in our entire lives has led us up to this moment. And he's so right. (laughs) And he's like, well, what about Boone? And he's like, hey, stuff happens, bro. (laughs) (laughs) In in a nutshell, he did say that. Yeah. Yep. So he's like, I think the thing that's like... When you were watching the show, like, I was so convinced that it was a science fiction answer. And then rewatching, I'm like, 
Dude, they were telling you the whole time. The whole time. Like, mm-hmm. the whole yeah. time. It was the same thing with Battlestar. I wanted it to be logical, and I was like, they told you in the first episode that there were angels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get to it in spoilers, but there's a spirituality that is a, a, a thread that is woven throughout this show mm-hmm. that leads directly to the finale, and I think that's where people were lost. Like, no pun intended, were lost. Yeah. And yeah, and that's fine. Everyone interprets shows differently, but I also think it's very interesting, and we can get to this later, too, that a lot of people who stopped watching the show said they stopped watching in season five because of the sci-fi of it. I'm like, oh, really? That's the best really? part. It's been sci-fi this whole time, bro. I'm like, smoke monster? No? Okay, great. Polar yeah. bears? Yeah. That's Come on, the, man. The, the polar bears piss people off so much. I'm like, you guys, they explain it, but okay. Everyone needs a reason to quit a show. I mean, yeah. I guess, but... There is no good reason to quit this show, the, though. I will stand by that. The in sci-fi? I know. There is no, I wish I knew how to quit you, Lost. There is none of that. <laughs> nope. No. Okay, go on. So, yeah, they're saying, Boone, well, that's what happened, so oops. And he's like, okay, well, where where does this end? And he says, it ends at the hatch. And he's like, I, he says something about, like, I don't believe in destiny. And he says, not yet. And you're like, oh, bud, how do you know? Uh, that's what I love. Because even before I knew what the heck it all meant, I loved it. Yep. Yeah. They get to the hatch, and they're like, Hurley, will you put this far away, please? And he's like, yes, but can I have something that's not on fire, please? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man. Um, and so then Kate gets given a job and everyone gets given a job. You Next. Had, you had one job. <laughs> you had yeah. one. Um, uh, okay, so the fuse is all ready and Kate's like, hey, so just wondering, um, sup with you kind of going against the plan? Like, it wasn't really up to you to do that. And he goes, listen, uh, am I the leader or not? If I'm the leader, all of my choices are good. I made a judgment call. We drew straws. Sorry, but I'm not going to let drawing straws make decisions like that for us, Kate. You had no right to make that Everybody ju- wants me to be a leader until I make a decision that they don't like. You want to keep second-guessing me, Kate? That's your call. There's something that you need to know. If we survive this, if we survive tonight, we're going to have a lock problem. And I have to know that you got my back. I got your back. There was a, it was a very Clark Griffin moment with Jack last night. Yep. I've seen some parallels before and I've thought about them. Um, it's so interesting to the difference of their ages and their circumstances of landing where they landed. But mm-hmm. that whole like, no one else is doing it and I'm getting yelled at. That, you know, yeah. it's, it's like, you'll thank me later, even though you won't. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you can't be that kind of leader because everyone knows that kind of leader is more autocratic than anything. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, listen, after this, we're going to have a lock problem if this works. So are you, do you have my back? And she says, yes. And I'm like, ooh, I think this quote will come back. <laughs> oh, man. Season five. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, so that's when Hurley like trips a little bit, drops his flashlight and sees the numbers. And he's like, oh, hold up. That was an amazing moment. Like when we watched it live, oh. we were all screaming at the TV. So good. That was wild. I did not expect that at all. Well, it came up when, um, it, at the end of Deus Ex Machina, we saw it. Right, I know. Oh, but right. I just, yeah, but it, I didn't ever expect Hurley to be anywhere near the hatch. Yep. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. That Also, fun fact, that that font is what's uh, tattooed on my leg. Ooh. You are so cool. Is it a lost tattoo? Okay. Yeah. I'll allow it. It's good stuff. <laughs> Well, that's what the tattoo guy did. I said, yeah, I want the lost numbers. And he like Googled the lost numbers and he was like, oh, cool. Yeah, this is from the actual show. Yeah, let's use this. Nice. Is it on your leg? I was like, cool, thanks. Yeah. 
Nice. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I have. I sent you a picture. I sent you a picture two weeks ago. You are correct. I'm old. Move on. Yes. <laughs> okay. What are you doing? Trying to take like, my jacket? I know, right? Yeah. Are you looking okay. at your own leg right now? Not at my. I was looking at a picture. Okay, <laughs> chill out. Okay. Cool. So. Hurley is trying to get everybody to stop and he like is trying to stamp the fire out and everything. And Locke is literally like, nope, <laughs> not happening. <laughs> like, I've literally spent like a month working on this. Hard no. So he does it anyway. And Jack's like, let's not be, be near the explosion. I mean, if I were them, I would definitely want to know why the hell Hurley was putting it out. Yeah. True. Um, it was kind of like dudes running at you yelling no, and you're like, okay. Like, if someone's, <laughs> like, running at me yelling no, I feel like I'm going to stop what I'm doing and at least figure out why it's bad. True. Although, to be fair, you know, maybe they just were used to Hurley's antics by then, and it, or were just, like, mm. underestimating him. That's, no, that's a really good point. Like, I think, I know why Locke ignored him. I mean, but I do Locke. think that Kate, at least, should have been like, okay, wait, wait, but why? If there's something wrong, we should figure it out. Yep. Especially because yeah. he was yelling, the numbers are bad. She heard him say the numbers, and they had a conversation about numbers. Yeah. But also, um, why was Hurley reciting the numbers to himself before? I think I think boyfriend's getting a little bit of cuckoo out there in the jungle. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to say dehydration and stress. <laughs> the phrase boyfriend's getting a little cuckoo out there in the jungle. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, it's just, it's actually weird for me to talk about Hurley because I'm friends with Jorge. And yeah. so it is a little bit strange. It's, it is like talking about Clark. It's yeah. weird for me now um, in a weird way, even though they're fictional characters. I just am lucky enough to know the humans who play them. But um, yeah, it did sound weird saying boyfriend. I don't know. It just came out. Okay. No, it was adorable. <laughs> That's why I was like, That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I think anxiety brings on the numbers for him. Oh, I, I think like so that. too. But I wonder it- if he thinks the numbers are, are bad luck, is he like reciting them to reverse the effects of the numbers or like, I don't know. I think it's like a yeah. nervous tick. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. And again, mm-hmm. I think once you get more um, insight into his background and further flashbacks, things start to make more sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. God, it's hard being spoiler free. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, especially because I want to ask about 5,000 questions and I right. know I can't have the answers. <laughs> right. Um, I do love the editing in this moment where you begin to hear the beep of the radar before the, um, before the scene switches. So you mm, think yes. that the beep is maybe coming from the hatch. Hmm. That yeah. Which is the exact same sound potentially. Hmm. I know it's genius. So smart. They're so good. They're so good. And then in the storyline, we have the very last scene or shot of the season which is them looking down into the open hatch iconic 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 Iconic. and uh, it's so funny even on even on the hundred and other shows have like had similar moments i'm all nope yeah you can't top the best one with like all the negative space around it and no offense to the hundred when they do open that bunker which we know is going to happen it won't be anything near like this yeah no (laughs) exactly it's probably going to take a village anyway to open that door. <laughs> or um, a mining ship. I was trying not to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mining ship, buried bunker. Math yeah. not hard? Math good. <laughs> My The thing that I was thinking about when they did this shot was that if they had dared to air this finale now, I actually oh. wonder if it would be critically um, panned for not being, uh, yes. not having enough resolutions in it. 
I was mm. waiting to bring that up. Um, as a live viewer in 2005, and back then, again, this is the internet was early. We were on MySpace and we weren't on Twitter and we didn't have the sort of instant reaction social media. Mm-hmm. There was a great deal of what I would call polite outrage. Uh, really? About the fact, how dare they not show us it's in the hatch? We've been following Locke's stupid journey all season and we want to know if they're going to get shelter or safety or rescue or what the heck could possibly be down there. And then we had to wait like, Nine months. And this was without oh. Twitter and podcasts. So that's one of the reasons I started blogging and sharing theories because this was ripe with opportunity to talk about the heck mm-hmm. could be down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was so, like I said, it was polite outrage. I mean, no one yelled at the writers. Um, and and uh, if they did, I, I didn't see it or hear it. You know, I obviously try and occupy polite spaces um, and interact that way. But it was, yeah. um, in retrospect, it, I can laugh about it now, but it was very frustrating. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Because I, th- I feel like now it would just be like, you know, <laughs> there would be think pieces on like, you know, IGN yeah. and everywhere where everyone's like, you know, what kind of lack of resolution era are we living in with the uncertainty of television renewables? And I was just like, yeah, but the mystery is fun too, right. guys. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an interesting precarious balance now because they call it the lost factor where, you know, uh, there's so much, as they say, peak television. There's so many shows that they now used to be, oh, people give everything four episodes and now they give it one or two. So if you don't get them right away with a mystery solved, sadly, your show's going to get yanked and you don't yep. have enough viewership and you don't mm-hmm. build buzz on social media. And that is a fact. And so now it's really hard to sustain a multi-season formula of after you reveal something exciting in the first episode. Yeah, which is why like, I think the 100 100- actually does work as frustrating as it gets because it reboots every season. So right. your attention that, is kept for that season. And I would argue that it took three to four episodes of the hundred, just like on lost to sort of catch its wings. In oh terms my God, of, yes. I, it wasn't until they killed Charlotte that to me, that's when I went, Oh, this is going to be a show. Yeah. yeah. And with the lock reveal and the wheelchair, like there are things I think that capture that you weren't expecting that are dark yep. and twisty, but now they happen in between the first and second episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the raft. Ugh, yes. I love so, this plot line. Yeah, Jin has some notes and everything, and Michael comes over and says, yeah, that's really cool. Like, you know, congratulations on learning. I love their <laughs> friendship. What a beautiful relationship dynamic that started very Oof. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was really interesting how they switched it up like that. Mm-hmm. And they never made it so it was just like, um, they're friends now. Like, it was a very gradual Mm-hmm. way and it's amazing because you know Jin has a new friend and they don't even speak the same language but they're able to communicate and be friends anyway remind me during the spoilers to ask you about an uh un- an extra scene with son and michael oh Ooh. yeah you sure can okay okay great let me write this down buried secrets <laughs> <laughs> nice yes indeed yep all right so yeah he's like you're very lucky Hey, your wife? Wife made this for you? Son. She sounded it out, huh? So you could learn English. Yes. Yeah, I wish she made one for me. So what words are in here? English words. What can you say? Uh-uh. Um, starboard. Aft. Port. Mm. Uh, sail. Uh, uh, eat. Yeah, she did you well. <laughs> Hope you know how lucky you are, man. 
the rudder is all fixed and everything. And then Michael gives Jin his watch back and Jin is like, never mind, you can have it. And, you know, it's like you think, oh, he's very nice because he's giving it away. But it's also him kind of letting go of the previous him, too. And like Mm -hmm. saying, listen, like this was really important to me two weeks ago. But now I'm like turning over a new leaf. Yeah, I mean, the raft changes uh, not just everyone's trajectory, but I think it changes Jen as a human being. Yeah. Um, and and the rest of his decisions moving forward with the series. But I will say that for those who are watching for the first time, pay attention to watches on the show. Mm. And Jin's watch has uh, quite a history. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. Um, what was Jin's dad? Prof- dad's profession was being on a boat too. Yes, a fisherman. Yep. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, he's sort of reverted back to like the person that he could have become right. if he'd had a better relationship with his father. Yeah, and, and that he probably like, grew up doing, yeah. Yeah. And there are a few things to that. One is that that's why he kept saying to, to son, like, I have to do this. Yeah, um, right. And again, not to be spoiler, but there are reasons in season six certain things happened with trying to prove that they could be a better parent than their own father. And mm-hmm. obviously all the best cowboys have daddy issues and he is one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, like, yeah, one of his reasons to go on the on the raft was like, I'm one of the only people who can, like I'm one of the most qualified people to go in here. So it's more likely for us to get rescued if I am on this boat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he felt like that was his destiny. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and it was probably a little bit of um, repair work that he wanted to do both with son, but also with himself. Totally. Mm -hmm. To really let go of who he used to be. Because, you know, when you get on that raft and you look at it and you're like, what use is, you know, this expensive watch to me? Yeah. Like, the material goods aren't as important as, you know, staying alive. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, in, in, in a tiny way, too, also, you know, repairing everything with Michael in his own way. He was going to uh-huh. figure out how to do that. Yeah. And I feel like now, because he has now made up with Sun, and now he has made up with Michael, it's, like, even more of a clean slate. He's like, now I can start over and be who I need to be. Yeah. And Jin's, yeah. like, um, you know... Have you ever seen that theory of like how everyone has like different love languages based off of yeah. like what they do for others? I think it's perfectly in line with Jin to have a peace offering be an object mm-hmm. because he gifts son things and he, you know, he tries to give things to others and it doesn't really land. But on this one, it's a truly meaningful gift that he gives to someone who understands its importance. And I think that's him really nailing the sort of giving of gifts for the first time. True. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So they are going to turn on the radar because every hour, Saeed said, and he says, we're 15 miles out, which is a number. And, um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's American numbers. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's like, well, we don't want to waste the battery. And he's like, Saeed said, <laughs> every hour. I mean, listen, everyone does trust Saeed. Yeah, and, and I he love the moment later in this episode where he's just like, has Saeed ever built something that didn't work? I'm like, look at how much trust. I know, he's the best. They got, they started on such terrible on such a terrible note. Like, it almost feels like that's almost a parallel to Michael and Jin. Yeah. Sawyer being nice about Saeed. Right down for spoilers, I'd like to talk about Jin's and water. Jin and water. Okay. Gin okay. and water. Yes, thank you. Trying to be vague. Party of one. <laughs> <laughs> Failing miserably. Gin and water. Got it. Okay. So he's like, listen, like, I hear the way that Walt talks to you, and I totally would have, like, hit him by now. I know. I winced at that. I'm like, yikes. yikes. 
But I mean, that's the way that Sawyer like grew up, you know, like what can you do? He was a Southern boy and a, you know, probably a less than ideal situation as we come to find out. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's what he knew. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, is that what happened to you and your dad? And he's like, no, like my dad died. He shot himself when I was eight, which is a number. That's a number. <laughs> that is a I number. Got it. I got it. And so Michael says like, I've been trying to figure it out for the longest time. And I figure either you're a hero or you want to die. And so he says, well, I'm not a hero. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's, that's a dark moment. Yeah. But it's also really interesting given the rest of the show. Yeah, definitely. And on a lighter note, I like to personally picture like Michael sitting around a campfire, just really thinking hard about Sawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what what does that this mean? Dude? What is his motivations? Yeah. Michael's a deep thinker, man. He yeah. is. <laughs> In his own way. He's like watching Sawyer across the campfire and he's like, what's this guy about? What's, what's his story? What, what's your story, bud? What, what, what would Sawyer do? <laughs> <laughs> what was Sawyer's motivation during this conversation today? Did he call Michael any nicknames? I know he called uh, Walt Gizbot or something. Um, let's see. questions. I'm trying to think if he called Michael or something. I uh, don't think he did, but I'm going to check the transcript real quick. Right. Because the nickname generator is amazing. Hold, please. It was probably something racist. Yes, I was going to say the way that the the, uh, and we'll get into it, but like the anti-weight stuff and you know with Arts and Hurley, yeah, and like you know I was like, oh, not nice. Um, he calls him Mike. Okay. Um, which no one else does. And he calls him Mike again. (laughs) Um, I just can't recall honestly. All the times I've rewatched this, him calling Michael anything other than his name. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, it looks like, at least in this episode, he only calls him Mike. Which is probably piss him off because when you go by oh, Michael, hold up. it's not what you get called. <laughs> he called, sorry, like, he I found calls the racist thing. Han and, Han and Chewie. Han and Chewie? Oh yeah. my god. Wait, who calls what? Sawyer calls Michael and Jin Han and Chewie. <laughs> that is pretty rad. <laughs> okay, I'm not bad at that one. That was cute. That one is cute. I'll accept that. So there you go. That's a thing. That's almost that's almost a compliment from Sawyer, honestly. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Uh, uh, spoiler. Never mind. <laughs> oh, this is super like hurts my heart to like not be able to yell things out. It's like remind me to get go- back, make a note. Sawyer and Star Wars. I know yes. exactly what you're gonna say, Joe. You know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> yep. Inconsistency. Yep. Okay. Um. All right. All right. So next scene, the big scene. So the radar is going off, and he's like, "Whoa, let's flare gun it." And he's like, um, maybe let's not flare gun it because we only have one and it literally could be a piece of garbage. And so he was like, I don't care. Let's go. And then Jin says, I cannot see anything. (laughs) Which fair because it's dark. If you guys were on the raft, though, would you fire the flare or would you wait? Ooh, I I mean, that's that would have been a question we should have started with. Right. Yeah. For our our question. Um, I think it depends on I feel like I would probably do the I would I would shoot it off. Yeah, I think I would yeah. have to like have a talk with the rest of the people on the raft and like maybe do like a um, democracy type of thing and like vote for like whether we should do it. I don't know if I could make that that decision myself. I would ask my kid if it was Walt, mm. like, you know. Oh, yeah. Kids always have that weird insight. True. Totally. And they don't have the over emotional reaction. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gut instincts. So yeah, Jin says, I don't see anything. And then Michael goes, I know you can't see anything. Like dude knows Korean. 
And Sawyer so suddenly like, well, there's a reason for that. It's night. <laughs> I'm Sawyer. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, is it a ship? They're like, yeah, we don't know. And then Jin says, on the contrary, which I think is supposed to mean like, what else could it be? Is what I'm taking from it. But yeah, he literally yeah. says, on the contrary. Like a log. A fancy guy. They're like, yeah, it literally could be garbage. And Sawyer says, has Saeed ever failed us? So they're like, oh no, it's going away. And so they decide to fire the flare. And mm-hmm. Michael says something. What does he say? Something about God. He says... He says, please God. Yeah, please God. So that's, an, that's a man of... that. I feel like everyone on this boat is man of faith. Right? Man of faith. Yep. Totally. Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, so they come back and it's people and... I love this because we know that these are the others because yeah. right. Rousseau has said the others, like they said that they were going to, they were coming for the boy. And so we know that these are the Which, others. When you watch live, it was like a holy ass moment of like, wait a second. When you look back at what Danielle said and you thought they were coming for Aaron when they said coming for the boy. And then at that moment you start panicking yeah. and it was harrowing oh, to watch. Yeah. I, cause like you want to have that hope. Mm-hmm. Right. I keep thinking about, like, what the others were, like, thinking while they were driving up. Like, were they like, oh, yeah. found them. Great. And then they were like, ooh, <laughs> let's pretend we're nice. Like, were they, <laughs> well, were yeah. they like, I mean, giggling I, in the back while friendly? Or, I mean, while the bearded guy was like, hey, we're so <laughs> glad we found you. You, got, you guys were in a, a plane crash? That Whoa. <laughs> that's interesting. Whoa, that sounds crazy. Uh, add to the spoiler list, I know exactly how the others found the boat, how the raft. Ooh, perf. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. What doesn't she know? <laughs> well, figs. Mm. Uh, <laughs> 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 accidentally broke Joe. Dude. Not letting me talk about the future of like lost episodes <laughs> is painful. It like, hurts my voice. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. I, I know, mm-hmm. I know. The spoiler section is going to be the longest one for this episode. Which is because we've kind of been waiting for it. Yep. where they say like oh we're gonna have to take the boy and literally the entire first of all the entire energy changes of course and the music changes Mm -hmm. and everything but like even if you like i just like watching harold and malcolm in this scene they're both so good and you feel like if the terror is real so yeah they're gonna go they're gonna take walt sawyer gets shot and into the water joe did you guys think that sawyer had died no. No? Because they're like, this handsome young man is not going <laughs> to yeah, die. Yeah, they're, they're yep. like, he'll be fine. No way. 
Well, he just he served so many roles in the show that there's just yeah. no way. Especially after especially after Boone. We already got rid of one pretty boy, you're not gonna get rid of your yeah, other that's one. That's true, that's true, for sure. Yeah. Um how he, dare you back think then. that Saeed isn't also a pretty boy? Well listen, he would be the third <laughs> he would be next. That's why I never like would guess that they would kill him off again at that yep. time too. It's like, nope, nope, these guys are safe. And it's like TV role, no body into death. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And so Jin goes in to save him, and they ended up taking Walt, blowing up the, and blowing up the Raph. boat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that's a lot of cliffhangers. <laughs> it's stressful even thinking about it. Yeah. I, uh, do you want to know a fun fact? Yeah. Yeah. For all the water scenes on Lost, particularly at night, they filmed in a pool at the YMCA, and they had a black, they put in a black <laughs> bottom tarp. Uh, because they they couldn't film out in the ocean, of course, for logistical reasons. So they had the wind machines, they had the rain machines, the water, the wave maker, and they had the actors freezing in the pool water. I was wondering how they did it, and I was like, they couldn't have been out on the ocean. Yeah, no, it's the I YMCA. Think, <laughs> I think they filmed the boat and the raft separately, if I'm not mistaken. But there's mm. some logistics and some movie magics there, which is super cool. Yeah, I, I love the glamour of movie magic. She's like, yeah. how'd you do that? Oh, it was a pool down at the local yeah. Y. <laughs> yeah. And they would just literally cover the bottom with a black tarp. Oh, that's so <laughs> yeah. smart. That's awesome. It is, actually. Yeah. At some point, like, I've actually, because I've had a lot of time, I've watched all the extras on all the DVDs and Blu-rays, and Same. I just love that. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it adds to the magic. Yeah. 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 The best part of DVDs, I fully believe, are audio commentaries. Thank you. Lisa's yeah. like, why do you keep buying Blu-rays? Just buy the digital. I'm like, I want to hear the director's cut. Like, yeah. I yeah. want to hear what their vision was. And I love listening to one of the best things ever was uh, in season four for everyone's favorite episode, The Constant. This isn't a spoiler to say that they had, the, I think, the director and the cinematographer on there and, oh, and wow. talking about mm-hmm. how they laid out that intricate uh, episode was just delightful. Oh, I love that behind the scenes magic because honestly, I think it seems more magical when you see it because the stuff that they pull off out of nothing. Yeah. And usually on zero budget and zero time. Yep. Yeah. And with like basically, especially in what, 2005, little to no CGI. Totally. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you, but I was like, fun fact. No, that was oh, cool. No, of course. Yeah. Um, those are all my island thoughts, if you guys have any more. I think we're good on the island. Uh, yeah, I think I'm good. Only a few flashbacks uh, for this one. We have one big one that starts here. Uh, okay. We've got Hurley. I yes. genuinely oh, feel yeah. like this is one of my favorite flashbacks in the whole series. Yeah. It's because it's fun. It's so, it's so good. Fun. And it's filled with Easter eggs. So many Easter eggs in this one flashback. It's amazing. It's yeah. also a very relatable problem. Yeah. yeah. I think well, we've all lived this. We have, but I'm so inattentive that I'm ridiculously early to yep. everything, including flights, movies, and life. Yeah. So. Honestly, like when I co- when I am sitting in a movie and like you know the the like previews are starting and people are coming in and going, oh no, I, there's I, not very I many people. I'm literally like almost laughing. I'm like, well, you should have shown up when I showed up. Yeah, and that's why I like like I don't know if you guys have that there, but here now we reserve our seats, and so like I yep. I stress less like you've reserved your seat, you paid extra, and you don't want to show up. You show up whenever you want, as long as you don't step in front of me. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I, I digress. I won't go to a movie unless I can reserve the seat because I want to be on an aisle. Yeah, and I want to be able to show up at an exact time and know that I don't have to fight because I remember waiting in line for movies, and I don't want to go back to that. No, same, <laughs> and I don't. Right, I don't want to fight for a seat either. Uh uh-uh. uh I sat. 
when uh, which I think when Phantom Menace came out, the theater was so packed that we were sitting on the stairs, which is totally illegal. Totally illegal. I don't mm-hmm. know why we were allowed to do it, but we did. That's also not comfortable at all. No, it was horrible. Yeah. It was like two wow. and a half hours of sitting on the stairs for Phantom Menace. And I was going to say, oh, and you had to sit through that too. Yeah, that was not yeah. great. Okay, Hurley. Robin's so like, Hurley, I've never seen Star um, Wars. he overslept because his alarm didn't go off because there was an outlet that exploded, I guess. And he's like, I gotta go because my mom's birthday is tomorrow. But like with time zones, he's like, I don't even know when my mom's <laughs> birthday is. Oh my God, um, Hurley is Claire. And so <laughs> he tries to open the elevator. And once the elevator shows up, it's full. And so he decides to go to the stairs and you can hear. And then there's Charlie being like, hello, you're so rude. I have so I have many questions. Yep. Seeing I would be Charlie. Charlie and Arst in this flashback always makes me feel like it doesn't feel like you're super late. Right. No. Like, Charlie's in the same place as you, and he's not freaking out. Arst is going through security, and he's not freaking out. And clearly, they both made it onto the plane, so I don't see... <laughs> I'm not sure why maybe, the... Why, why, what took him so long. Maybe because Hurley is a bit like me, which is like, your internal clock is like, oh my god, I'm late if I'm not there f- half hour beforehand. But I mean, like, he gets there and the gate is closing. I'm like, what have you I been know. doing? <laughs> All of his actual, like, panicked things just delayed him even more. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I've given up panicking on a plane. I'm like, I'm going to get there. I'm just going to walk on. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> That's probably healthy. That's a great lost reference that you didn't even mean to make. Totally. Um, You underestimate me. Oh, you <laughs> d- I'm proud. Okay, Thank great. Thank you. Um, so he's in his rental vehicle, I suppose, and it begins to break down. And oh my gosh, you watch the freaking numbers on the, what's that? The dashboard? The, that's what it's called, right? The dashboard? Yeah. Uh, the, right? <laughs> Today and Robin doesn't understand cars. This, this well, the dashboard is like up top and it's this screen part, right? What, what, which thing are we talking about? We're talking about speedometer, odometer. Yeah. Gas. All that stuff. The whole thing. Oh boy. What's that called? Dash- Dashboard? Dashboard's fine. That's the dash. Okay, sure, cool. So, uh, yeah, watch that, and there are, there are numbers all over that thing. Yes. It's Sometimes incredible. we have the stupidest conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> um, uh, and so he goes to check in, and she's like, okay, well, you have 20G, but you need a second ticket. Okay. And he says... Well, I didn't have to do that before. And she's like, okay, well, you do now. We're in more fatphobic country, so. So. Maybe we can hurry that up. My mom's birthday is tomorrow. Or today, I don't know. I don't, I don't really get the whole time change thing. But I got to make that flight. I am going as fast as the system will allow me, dear. You are confirmed for C20G. However, the airline has a policy that a man of your size must purchase two tickets. What? I didn't have to do that on the flight out here. Am I going to have to weigh you, dear? Fine. Whatever. I'll buy the one next to it. All righty. Here's two together. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, what? Oh. What appears that your flight is already boarding in the Oceanic International Terminal. Well, this is the domestic terminal. I don't think you're meant to make this flight, dear. So interestingly, this actually, though, is a kind of a pile of crap. Okay, yeah. tell me. Um, because I have a sister who's a plus-size model, and she obviously, she's got hips for days. Um, 
In order to buy two seats, in order for you to fit, you actually have to go through a humiliating process where you get a doctor's note and a referral from the airline, and then they will allow you to buy a second seat. Are you serious? Yeah. You're not allowed. Like, they will never suggest you buy two seats because they'd rather just squish you into one. Like, they yeah. don't they don't care. So they make you go through a whole circus of proving, like, yeah, I'm fat. I have to have two seats in order to do this. Wow. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, airlines and like, you know, even now the seats are just tiny. So yeah, yeah, they are. That's the real truth about how airlines work. Yes. Hmm. But it's still heartbreaking when he has to hear that. And then he hears Kurt's talking in that way too. Uh, It's just, it's not fair. Like he just, he is who he is. Who cares? I feel like, again, if Twitter existed when Hurley was first introduced, he would have the most amazing fan club. Yes, he would. He super would. And he'd have people who would fight hard for him. Mm-hmm. Yes, and for yep. many reasons, yeah. Yep. So she says, okay, well, oh, it turns out that after you've bought two tickets, it's boarding a really, really far away, so you might not make it. So, like, if he hadn't made it, it's just like, well, you bought two tickets, so... Like, you don't get a refund for that stuff. Um, <laughs> No, it's on you. Yeah. Yeah. So it sucks that she's... Like, she probably saw that it was in a different place. Mm-hmm. And then she went, oh, you need a second one, too. But, like, he was fat, and she didn't like that, so she decided she wasn't going to treat him with the bare minimum of human decency. She says, maybe you're not meant to make this flight. And it's like, oh, but you underestimate fate, my friend. Also, Jacob. Okay, anyway, go on. (laughs) Yep. Um, And so he goes to security, and he tries to cut the line, and they're like, um, I don't think so. I mean, honestly, like, if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, you seem to be in a really big hurry. I'm hurry. (laughs) Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Seems to be in a really big hurry. Like, I'm here super early, so, like, it's fine if you cut in front of me. Yeah, I, I think yep. if he was sweating and, and, and really apologetic and, and had a flight to catch, I might let them cut Yeah, yeah. yeah, I would. Yeah. And so ours is also in line. Granted, he Arzd. is up much farther than Hurley, so potentially that's the problem. Right. That's why it's taking him so long. Yeah. So he finds this guy who is on a scooter, and his hat says, Crazy Eights. And that's a number. Um, And he says he's going to give him $500. And he's like, well, I just had surgery. So, and he's like, okay, all I have in my wallet is $1,600, which carries $1,600 in cash. Well, when you've won the lottery, you can. That's actually a good point. I was wondering the same thing. Good point. Good point. Yeah. (laughs) Good point. Still though. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Also international travel. They look down on that. Yeah. If you actually have that much money, you have to declare it. Oh, true. True. Yeah. Actually, it's 10,000 in cash. Oh, yeah, you're right. Limit, oh, right. Which is still a strange amount that you probably need a briefcase or a bag for. Yeah. 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 And considering he had that much cash with him, he probably was carrying more cash because it's Hurley. Like, why put it in a bank when you could just uh, just have it? Right. <laughs> but we digress. Yeah. One of my favorite Easter eggs in this flashback is when he's driving <laughs> past the girls team in uniforms and all all their uniforms are the numbers (laughs) so great Um, and i actually like didn't notice that until like four watches in (laughs) really yeah i thought it was like the first time i saw live i'm like come on that's awesome (laughs) yeah well when i saw it after like i've seen it so many times i was like oh my gosh my life has changed this day (laughs) there's still like no matter how many times we rewatch it we will find little things yeah yeah absolutely so he gets to the gate it's gate 23 because Naturally. of course it is. And mm-hmm. it's just closing here. And we have our good friend, Jenna, who um, <laughs> helps him get 
in, on the plane anyway. And she says, it's your lucky day. There's she's a fun great. fact about Jenna. Because <laughs> Jenna comes back as a yep. different character later at some point. Good, good. I'm glad you brought that up. She yeah. does? Yeah. yeah. It's very subtle. She's okay. the actress. I believe it is in uh, season four. Did they do that purposefully or did they just need an actor? Yes. <laughs> good. The, good. The gotcha. actress playing gotcha. Jenna reappears as a desk clerk at Oxford University in Jughead, which is in season five. Ah, there you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Judging by her accent, it is probable that she is of New Zealand origin. Thank you, Lostpedia. <laughs> so yeah, he gets in and and they have a hug and it's nice. It would be the sweatiest hug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it would be. But you know what? It's like, you're like, you got a happy moment. Oh, everything's terrible. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, oh, he got on the plane. Oh, he got, oh, on, he got on the plane. plane. Yeah. 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 Yikes. So then we have a flashback with Locke. And they can't get him on the plane because they can't find the flight wheelchair. And I'm sitting here being like, there's only one. <laughs> okay. What I love about these two flashbacks mm-hmm. is that both of them are... There are deterrents to getting these gentlemen on the plane. Like, there are reasons that both of them almost didn't make the plane. Right. And it's just fascinating. Do you think that the deterrents were arranged, or do you think the fact that they would always get there were arranged? The fact that everything worked out was arranged. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like it's like fate or destiny or whatever is like, ooh, no, 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 no. And the island is like, uh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yep. Yeah. Keep going. This is happening. Yeah. And the island was just a little bit more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they're saying, yeah, can't get you on. Sorry. And he's like, well, and that's not chill. Like, is that another thing that he would just have to like buy a new flight or would they, or would they get him a new, like get him a little, you know what? On the Honestly, post 9-11, all the, all the rules have changed so much. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think when in doubt, always go for the most inconvenient thing that they could possibly do to you. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Buy that's a fair. New flight. And yeah. so he's like, okay, well there isn't one until tomorrow. And they're like, yeah, Sorry. <laughs> and so they're like, okay, well, here, let's try and make something work. Why, why don't we carry you? Like, can we carry you? And he's like, uh, I don't want to go tomorrow. So I guess, yes. But we know that Locke is such a pride, like has a lot of pride. And so yeah. it's like, you can tell it's so demoralizing for yeah. him. I just feel like his Emmy, his Emmy reel should, like, I probably included that scene. Like there's such, and I mentioned this last night on the Instagram story that's already gone, um, which is that. <laughs> The, the difference between the nuance between off-island Locke and on-island yeah. Locke mm-hmm. is just spectacular. His mm-hmm. Terry Quinn, it just nails it. It's it's so true. He's yeah. so good. And you can see that shift over the course of the season. Like, it, it doesn't feel jarring. No. No. It's it so organic. Doesn't. Like, the, the pain and the humility and yeah. humiliation in his eyes when he's in the flashback yeah. versus the terrifying confidence on the island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, go somewhere in the middle. Yeah. That doesn't exist for John Locke. No. There is no, there is no gray. There is only black and white. <laughs> that is true. Ooh. Nice, nice job. Do you like that? Do you like that? Yeah. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, so yeah, they get him in his seat and he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll look at the safety features because I have never seen them before. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he accidentally drops his card and he can't reach it. And it's sad because if someone else came on the plane and he was like, um, could you pick that up for me? Like, without knowing they could be like, um, pick it up yourself. Right. Yep. And so he's not going to do that either because then he's going to have to be like, um, I can't. I, my legs don't work. And he doesn't want to do that. So he's never going to get it back. It's just these quietly humiliating things. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I can't believe we used to get on planes and have to look for something to read. I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking about the whole time. 
Remember when we didn't used to have actual gadgets? That was a thing. Oh, and like the gadgets that we did have were like clunky. And I mean, I remember a time before the internet. Yeah, I uh, remember my first iPod was this giant, giant beast of a thing with a yep. tiny screen. And I would download, put like the first thing I ever put on that was lost and I would watch it on the airplane. And then I was like, this is really dumb to watch this show on an airplane. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but I did it because I could. I, I that. did that, but I put, when the first iPod Touch came out, I put um, all my favorite episodes of Star Trek Voyager on it. I mean, everyone's got their thing, sister. There's no judgment here. Yeah. <laughs> It was just such a novelty to be able to, like, bring your favorite things with you on this tiny little thing. I know. Sometimes it still freaks me out. Yes, indeed. Robin's like, I wouldn't know because I grew up with all of these things. Oh, that's true. Um, sorry. I don't remember a time before the internet. Robin, oh! do you- what? D- Did you ever have dial-up? Um, I hate you. <laughs> oh, I was Dude, just I thinking. Could, I could be your mom, Robin, just FYI. <laughs> that's how old I am. Just so there's that. <laughs> She makes me feel so old. But it's okay. We love you. We might have done, but if we did, I wasn't old enough to use the computer at the time. Okay. Oh my God. You know what? It's cute though, isn't it? It's cute. Yeah, it is. Because it's like, oh wow. The next generation, like technology moves so fast. They have no clue about these things that are only like 15 years old. Right. It's almost (laughs) my birthday. Okay. Or I guess when this comes out, it's past my birthday. Oh, well, and you'll be you'll be one of the lost numbers, which is exciting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't sing the Taylor Swift song anymore, but at least I'm one of the lost numbers. That's an upgrade. That, that <laughs> is like that's a good thing. Yeah. So our last flashback in this episode is <sighs> I love this crap. Like that's why I love rewatching the pilots <laughs> of things, because you yes. get to like see the characters and you're like, you guys don't even know yet. You guys don't even know all of the beautiful like adventures you're gonna go on and how you guys are gonna all be like <gasps> friends and like love each other and like what's great about this is that they're doing it for you they're bringing yeah. it back and they're like yeah. we know that people like seeing this sort of stuff here it is like jack and Locke's little like smile at each other mm-hmm. and, like, i love love yeah. love hurley and walt yes, yes. where he gives I him mean, the thumbs up and then hurley pulls out his freaking polar bear comic oh. and i think this is the reveal that it was his like i don't think we yeah. knew that before right yeah. exactly yeah and then like I, ours the, helps the clear up and and you see Boone and Shannon's inhaler, and like you can watch it and be like, wow, like ours and Boone are both dead now. Yeah. I kind of laughed though when Arts showed up because I was like, he's been around for like two episodes, then he blew up. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I think it's just to show all the all the red shirts on the plane who never even made it to the beach. You're like, who's that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Like the guy next to the Turley's two seats, you're all, he didn't make it. But uh, when we get to spoilers, I will talk about how much I appreciate this episode when you get to the season six opener mm, yes i'd love to yes. oh yes. yes okay yeah. yeah um but also charlie's putting his guitar up front which is also an explanation as to why that was so far away from the beach mm-hmm. yes and um saeed has some casual racism yes which just makes you want to cry because you know what a good person saeed is and you know he doesn't deserve this crap and no one does no one does and sadly he's so used to it yeah yeah. There was a fun fact for this, just that like most people's hair is like longer than it was <laughs> in the pilot, and that's just how filmmaking goes. So oops. Yes. But yeah, we get to see them all all sit down and, and go on their flight. And we saw Kate too, the handcuffs, right? Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's almost it's creepy and beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
in its own way. Yeah. And with the score, it's like the ending of this season is so beautiful with the mm-hmm. score. Like I love like there's so much of it that's just like silence. Yeah. Yeah. And it's or it would be silence and then with the score, it's amazing. And and they do do this in the season six episode one, but also the finale. The slow-mo with the Michael Giacchino score oh. is just it really exists for the feels before we knew what the yeah. feels were. It, it's designed yeah. to make you cry. It's, it, it exists for the jeers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would dare say that there has not been a show since Lost, and they certainly have tried, that has had the emotional resonance and the, the, the every character has. So you are, yeah. the, the way they develop the characters over the first two seasons, and people sometimes rightly so complain about season two dragging on a little bit on the beach, but I feel yeah. like they took such delicate care mm-hmm. of making us feel something for every single one of this very large cast so that when mm-hmm. the time came for either them to perish or become a hero or both, that you were so invested emotionally. I just haven't seen that in any show since that the entire cast is that way. I no, totally agree. Because and it's I don't divisive. Shows don't take the time to do it. Right. They, they think that they have to race through everything. And this is true of basically every television show. Now you don't get to breathe and get to know the characters. Right. And I said it before, I'll say it again, that this was magic in a bottle, the pre-Twitter of it all. Yep. Um, and the positive, constructive conversation that was built around Lost and the community still exists and uh, the goodwill and the, the positive intent. And it was just a lovely, lovely experience to have as a fan. Yeah. And I was like having that parallel experience with Battlestar because it was airing at the exact same time. Yes. So yeah. like I, I, they don't make TV like that anymore. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, the 90s. Um, is it time for segments? Sure. And once we're done segments, we can do spoilers. Spoilers! Finally! So, uh, we're gonna do favorite line awards. So my favorite line is from Sawyer, which is... What the hell are you expecting to see? In case you haven't noticed, it's dark! (laughs) Can't get noticing things. And mine, obviously, goes to Michael for... Incredible. Freaking iconic. And mine goes to Jack and Locke together, which is... I don't believe in destiny. Yes, you do. You just don't know it yet. Amazing. Because it's so loaded and true and wonderful. Yeah. And so wonderfully cryptic. Yes. Yes. And so now we're going to talk about light and dark. So, of course, dark territory, black smoke. And another thing that I thought of was the others turning on and off the light. Like, when the light is on, they're saying, oh, hello, we are happy, nice light people. And then once they turn off the light, that's when the real dark stuff happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you not only have the dark black smoke, you have the smoke that was allegedly from the others, but was Rousseau's fire. Yeah. Yeah. Do you really think it was Rousseau who did that? Um, no. Yeah, it it never occurred to me that it would have actually been her. I I actually don't think it was her necessarily. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you you were just saying Russo's fire because she was there. Yes. Okay, gotcha. I was just like, whoa, I never heard this one. It's late in the podcasting day, man. I can't articulate. (laughs) That's true. Um, Now we're going to do Man of Science, Man of Faith. So I'm going to name some characters. We're going to decide if they're more science or more faith this episode. And I feel like it might be a little easier than usual for this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jack, science. He's even like called out as a man of science. Yeah. Uh, Kate. Faith. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Locke, faith. Hurley. Faith right? Well, it's interesting. I, I wonder if there is a literal science to him believing the numbers are cursed. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that. 
Yeah. Saeed. Science. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie. Mm, faith? His, faith is, his faith is being tested. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say ultimately faith. Yeah, because yeah. he believed that he could accomplish his goal. Yeah. yeah. yeah, And that Saeed would help him and he wouldn't have to turn around. Yeah, he right. believed in Saeed too. How about Rousseau? I would definitely put her in faith. Yeah. Yeah. Claire? Still faith. Faith. Yeah, yeah. Son, faith. Yeah. yeah. Michael, Walt, Sawyer, Jin. All four <laughs> of those people are faith on the raft. A lot yeah. of faith happening. Definitely. Yeah. I think yeah. there's only one science, isn't it? It's just Jack, right? Just Jack. Just, just Jack. <laughs> yeah, what else is new? Did you do well, it? Well, we, we made Saida science as well. The hand waving too? I should have. I'm too tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Saeed too. Did they do the thing? No, <laughs> which is them uh, saying the episode title in the episode. For the past three episodes, it's been a no. Yeah, uh, because it's the same title. Um, how many episodes since the last knockout? I don't think anyone got knocked out this episode. No. So, uh, one no? episode. No, I don't think so. Charlie didn't go down. No, and Sawyer got shot, but he didn't get knocked out, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Does this episode pass the Bechdel test? No, nah, I don't think so. Nah. They, nope. like, you know, they had the beginnings of it, and you thought, oh, 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 no. Yeah. Alas. Um, and here's where we would put listener thoughts. So if you're interested in sending in listener thoughts, uh, fictionautospodcast at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Twitter at the Aficionados, or DM us wherever. It's chill. Hey guys, it's Robin from the future again. We got a listener thoughts from our friend Scott, so here it is. Hey guys, this is Scott. Um, I just finished watching Exodus Part 3 and thought I would call in with a voice memo for you guys. Uh, I just want to say first, um, good job on Season 1. I absolutely loved listening to you guys and uh, coming on the podcast this year with you guys and can't wait to hear uh, Season 2. The one thing I picked up on this time, and I didn't really think about it that much when I watched it the first time, uh, the first two or three times around, was when the others find them on the boat, like Sawyer, Walt, and Michael. Um, it almost seems like they're not looking for them, um, because until they release the flare, the boat actually is going away. So were they you would you i would have thought that with all the technology that we know the others have eventually that they would have had radar on their boat and would have been looking for the raft no so are they playing like a cat and mouse game with them or were they really not watching for them or what it's just something that i picked up on this time and thought that it was kind of interesting um considering we know that they were out looking for them or looking for the boy um other than that i love this episode and i wish that i would have watched it live back in 2004 because still when that camera pans down into the hatch and shows the ladder and the thud and then having to sit there for four or five months or whatever long the hiatus was until season two would have been way better than the five second jump for me to get to the couch to get the season two box to open it back up so um thanks again for an awesome job on season one and uh can't wait to listen to you guys on season two and join in and uh have a great one thanks guys Scott, thank you so much for sending in listener thoughts. Earlier in the podcast, Joe said that she knew why this was and that she would talk about it in the spoiler section. I'll be straight with you. I don't remember if she did or not. So <laughs> if she did, it'll be in the spoiler section. If she didn't, I'll hit her up and we'll talk about it uh, during the season one roundtable. All right, back to the podcast. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. 
If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show, too. Obviously. Eventually, the show will come back. Yeah, clearly, at this point, yeah. <laughs> Someday. Yeah. And if you're a fan of Riverdale, which is like a different kind of murder teen. Yeah. We like to talk about that show, and it'll be back, you know, in a month. Yeah, so. by the time, I think by the time this goes up, it'll it'll be back. So we'll Okay, sweet. So, yeah. go listen to it. It's fun. It is fun. We're having a great time so- somehow. Once once <laughs> you let go amazing. of like a show having to be like A quality and just lean into the cheese, you start having more fun. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Uh, you can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, YouTube, Redbubble. Look us up. We're there probably. <laughs> <laughs> And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. Um, if you have a spare dollar, we appreciate it. If you don't, we still appreciate it. Nice. It's expensive. <laughs> it, it is. Podcasting is not free, everybody. No. Yeah, um, especially when you have three podcasts. Please help <laughs> us. Right, Thank you. Right. And uh, you can find me everywhere at Cancer Gets Lost or at Joe Opinionated, which is Opinionated with a J. Yes, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I look forward to doing future episodes with you, but particularly spoilers for this one. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And uh, the next uh, thing that we're going to have out is our season one roundtable with Sarah uh, and Scott. You might remember Sarah from our tabula rasa walkabout and solitary episodes and on scott from our homecoming episode if you have any topics that you'd like us to talk about send send them our way we'd love to talk about them yeah yeah okay love you bye <laughs> like are we gonna do it okay love you bye bye <laughs> spoilers spoilers gonna talk spoilers spoilers finally finally I, I, thank you for writing stuff down because i'm like i'm gonna forget all of these things yeah oh no worries yeah i i'll i'll just get started and once you have something to say you just just jump in that's never been a problem before <laughs> okay so I was trying the, to drink it, damn it the spoiler that i have about the first storyline that we talked about was the fact that charlie now has the mary statue and that he like kind of collects them and and it's interesting that for the longest time he like doesn't actually open one yeah he just kind of likes to have them which i get it's a security blanket i mean he was a major drug addict who had to go cold turkey and then he's presented with the thing Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's not it's not fair like it's not fair to do that to an addict yeah no but it's an interesting test that jacob has provided yes Mm -hmm. true that friggin jacob yemi is is a is a direct correlation to the test for charlie yep yeah and that's interesting yeah like, I wonder if Echo was supposed to be a candidate. Is Echo a candidate? Probably. Um, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, until Ottawala went it off the show, they had six season designs for him. So Right. Wow. And so, like, I wonder if Echo was supposed to be a candidate this whole time or if, right. like, they were like, let's bring Yemi and such to right. the island for Charlie just eventually. And yeah. then they were like, oh, this guy's also coming to the island. Perf. Right. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever know that one. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to understand Jacob. True. <laughs> Fair. Yes. So going into the jungle storyline, um, Locke gets dragged around by the monster. Why? Well, like, I thought he wasn't allowed to touch the candidates, question mark? Well, I mean, uh, I'm not sure that that's true, that the smoke monster couldn't touch the candidates, per right. se, but he definitely could, you know, you see, you've seen Smokey toss people around. And so to have the ability to create a hole and a, and a, and a kind of pulley system to pull lock, it didn't, and at the time I didn't understand it until like really in season five, but I understand like the machinations of smoke monster. But I mm-hmm. believe that that 
physically can happen. I have a theory. Okay. That maybe MIB was trying to get Locke alone because he maybe um, saw the um, potential to do the same thing with him that he did for Richard at the beginning. Oh, yeah. I think for sure yeah. Man of Black saw the potential for Locke almost immediately. And that's why when he looked at the eye of the island, he saw it was beautiful. He was right. basically testing him. Like when, when Smokey had Juliet and Kate trapped and just basically did the dance around them and looked into Juliet's soul and heart and mind and then let her go and flashed white. Yeah. That's a whole nother, it's a whole nother episode I'd like to do with you. Um, the fact that he was, he is basically did a little scan on them. To, and then what he saw with Locke, he saw a candidate in his own way. He saw Locke mm-hmm. as his candidate. And that's the same thing that happened with Echo, I believe, right? Uh, yes. And Echo, that's yeah. why until Echo, you know, until he, yeah. 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 Um, another question I had about it was like, where does the hole go? I think it's just a temporary sinkhole that, that the smoke monster is able to like, I feel like smoke monster um, flew down in into the ground, creating the sinkhole. And then the suction of it was what the smoke used to pull him down. I mean, I'm making shit up here, but like, I feel like that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, like I was thinking like the last time I saw a hole like this, it went sort of to like to the temple or like where right. Montand yeah. went. Right. So I think he does burrow. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I did also like the baby smoke wisp that went by at first by Kate and Jack. Right. <laughs> I was like, baby smoke wisp. The man in black is such a dick. I know. Seriously, a little tease. <laughs> Locke says that the island brought them, which is like basically true. I guess. Yeah, and at the time we're like, yeah, shut up, Locke. Come on. Yeah. 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 And um he says that Jack won't believe yet, doesn't believe yet, but he will. Which he does. Do you yeah. think when Locke first looked in the eye of the island of what he saw was beautiful, is that there was some way that the man of black communicated to him any kind of truth? Like a premonition? Mm-hmm. Or truth about being brought to the island. And then he, oh. I don't know. I mean, I obviously the smoke monster can't talk, but I wonder if there's any way to scan into his brain. Again, I am pulling stuff out of my rear here. Um, yeah. But the, the, the possibilities are endless. That's what I like about the show is a choose your own adventure. No, yeah. it's true. Cause like we, we've never seen him do something like that, but I wouldn't put it past him. I feel like, you know, he's a all knowing being. So why not? It's right, in the sure. realm of possibility of like what he's capable of. Right. Cause then all of a sudden his com- Locke becomes a completely different person yeah. after his first encounter with Smokey. Yeah. So anyway, the next one was that Jack says that we're going to have a lock problem. (laughs) Does he mean like Locke is going to try and take more of a leadership role and start butting heads with him? Or like what what exactly does he mean? I think it's that Locke has an uncanny ability to discount everyone's safety in order to achieve a personal goal. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Locke making a grab for leadership would be basically Locke deciding that everyone around him is expendable as long as he figures out, like, what's going on. And indeed, as soon as the hatch opens, the Locke problem becomes a Locke problem. Yeah, it's true. And, like, even when, you know, early season four, Locke says, okay, bye, Jack. I'm taking my people over here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's true. Wow. The last one I have for this storyline is that they're going into the hatch. And at this point, Desmond is like just waking up for the day, had a had a, a milkshake, uh, had a quick needle in his arm and uh, did some working out. And then he went, oh, something's going on. And since I can't be on the next uh, episodes with you, I'll just say the one thing that made me laugh and still makes me laugh is the fresh eggs and the goddamn hatch. Because yeah. Where did as they far as we from? know, the Dharma drops don't include delicate eggs and right, there's no true. chickens. Like, where where do these mysterious eggs come from? Also, the washing machine was a 2004 washing machine. And it's friggin' smoothie with the blender. Yeah. Now, putting, I I 
suspend my disbelief and I never really cared. I always would joke about it on my blog. Like, listen, yeah. the Dharma drop gave him a brand new washer. Really? Okay. <laughs> sure. And sure, Jan. How to, how, to, how to install it and everything. Right. I mean, listen, we know Desmond is that and, and Marcus can figure it out. very resourceful. Yeah, you can um, figure it out. But I just, I always laugh at the opening scene, which I think is genius because at the time, again, we're like, we had no concept in season two opener and season three with Juliet, what the F was going on. Oh my gosh, both great. I also thought stuff. we were in another hatch when we met Juliet, so. Oh. oh. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wait, they're not going to repeat themselves. And I'm like, wait, whoa. Anyway, yes, season one, uh, season two opener is, is amazing. So good. It's my favorite opener. It's the first thing of Lost I ever showed Claire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And she was like, oh, and I was like, well, I told you. You didn't show him shirtless and naked in the jungle? I was going to, but she wouldn't have got the, the joke. All right, fair, fair. Yeah. So I was like, no, here's this whole scene. Watch it. And she's like, well, what's going on? Why is he like underground? Why is there explosions? And I'm like, aren't those all good questions, Claire? <laughs> you should watch the show and it looks like the pressure worked. Oh, it absolutely yep, did. It sure did. <laughs> Robin has an uncanny ability to do that. The raft, which is like the big one with the most spoilers. So the first one that Joe wanted me to write down was about buried secrets. Right. So for those who uh, are inclined, there are, I think they're on YouTube still, if, if ABC hasn't yanked them, there are um, a, a few little side episodes that were interstitials that they didn't fit on the show. And at the time they were like made for the internet, you know, like we, little webisodes, if yeah. you will. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and they had an interesting scene that Michael and Michael and son had a love connection of sorts. Yeah. And oh. did, they kiss, did they kiss? I forget. No, they didn't. They, but they were going I think, to. I think they were going to, but they didn't. Yeah. So the dynamic is so interesting between the three of them. I don't like that. Yeah. I know. I don't and that's why it. there's one where he says, you're really lucky. And I'm like, you don't even know Sun, though. Yeah. You don't even know her. Yeah. But, mm, yeah. I think that he was, like, sort of jealous. Like, his marriage fell apart. He's, his kid isn't bonding with him, and he was stuck on a raft. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I just always think about these little, the little webisodes, because they are canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, also knowing now what we know about Walt, you know, with his abilities. Yeah. It's like, as much as he was special, he still couldn't stop his own kidnapping. True. Well, yeah. he hadn't harnessed yeah. his powers yet. Right. 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 I'm just trying to find logic in the Walt storyline and there is none. Well, the actor got too big and they messed up by not featuring him ever again. You know, except yeah. for in the window, which is great. I mean, there was friggin' time travel in season five. Yeah, they just, had him in yeah. uh, in it, Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham. Right, I know. And then in the... Um, because they had the, a time jump. Uh, epilogue. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And that, that made sense logistically, but it would have been yeah. nice to have more Walt. Exactly. Agree. Yeah. And also... You know, they could have really done something cool where they explain away like there's one part of the island that runs faster in time than others. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Or like Walt's a magic guy. He just grows fast. Yeah, exactly. Taller ghost Walt. Taller ghost Walt. <laughs> yeah. Taller ghost Walt. Don't push the I remember numbers. The numbers all are these bad. memes. <laughs> And they all make sense now. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Another thing I was thinking about is a water and gin um, because, you right. know, gin, I know we're in spoilers. So I don't think this is a spoiler alert, but the whole like gin dying in the submarine with sun. I just think it's really interesting mm -hmm. that his life changed both times out in the open on the water. I mean, he also was quote blown up on the freighter. He was on the raft and he died in the submarine. Oh, yeah. wow. That hurts my feelings. I know. Yeah. <laughs> now every time gins are on water, I'm going to be like, no. I know, it's not Careful. great. Not great. Uh, Sawyer says he's not a hero. And you're like, you will be, bud. 
Just wait till season five and sunflowers. Yeah, you gotta get yourself a girl. And also, in the flash sideways, he is. He chooses to be a cop rather than I a criminal. I love that so much. Which shows you, yeah. like, Sawyer always had the potential to make change in the world. It's just the circumstances. Totally. Yeah. He's the best. Like, um, you also wanted to talk about Sawyer and Star Wars. Okay, so as you know, in future yep. episodes, uh, I think it was season four or five, I think five, when Hurley and Sawyer are driving the Dharma van, and Hurley's like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna write the next, em- the, the Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And then Sawyer, like, says something like, he does, Sawyer makes a reference like he doesn't even know what Star Wars is, and I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. Hold on. He's made multiple Star Wars rep- yeah. references. It was a weird discrepancy. Yeah. And I think that's literally one of the only things that, quote, angered Lost fans on the message boards, which, you know, anger is meaning, don't they remember? Jeez, golly jeepers. It's like, they were so everything else. I know. There's so little outrage. It was so lovely. Yeah. But there were also inconsistencies like Charlie swimming out in the ocean when he was afraid of the water in his flashback in this pool. And like, you know, and then he was saying, I can't swim, but then he goes out and does it. So, yeah. yeah, I think we made sense of that just thinking that like Charlie was lying because he didn't want to go out there. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. That's that's entirely. We're logical. just trying to make sense of things that are indiscrepant. Right. That's yeah. Logical. Like if you were gonna try and make sense of the Star Wars thing, I mean, a lot of Star Wars colloquialisms like made it into mainstream culture. Like if you say Han and Chewie, Robin, who has never seen Star Wars, would understand that. Right. Yeah, I would. I sure. I sure would. Yes. <laughs> so it could be that he can make Star Wars jokes having never seen Star Wars. I don't buy it. Just doesn't sound like a thing Sawyer wouldn't see. Okay, well, here's a cuter one. Sawyer is actually a huge nerd, and then he pretends that he's not. Right, he does love reading books. There you go. He's a huge, big old nerd, and he just, like, puts on the cool guy persona because he doesn't want anyone to know, like, how soft he is. And I'm sure for many ladies out there, shirtless reading is a hot thing. (laughs) I mean, probably. To me, it just sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, (laughs) I would totally put a shirt on, but, like, I don't look like Josh Holloway or Evangeline Lilly, so I'm sure... But also, that's what I'm saying, equal opportunity. Like, they would not dare have Vanjie Lily reading in her bra or a bikini. Nope. I love that. Right. I love that. Like, yeah. they can't pass the Bechdel test, but when it comes to this other situation, yeah. they do it so well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Doesn't Josh spend, like, all of season four shirtless, basically? I mean, it's great. I mean, A lot yeah. of it, yeah. 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 On direct references on Lostpedia, uh, Hurley says, Jedi moment, um, calls Han and Chewie. He also calls Jin Chewie two other times. Right. Oh, so Jin's chewy. Okay. Yeah. Sawyer was he called Hurley Jabba. Yes! <laughs> That's so mean! I know! Ugh. Um, Dave once referenced Star Wars, but that makes sense because Dave was in Hurley's head. Or was he? Sawyer mentions uh, the old Wookiee prisoner gag. Yep. That's very Sawyer specific. Sawyer once okay. referred to Ben as Yoda. Yeah. Like, he's just made so many. No, those are too goes- deep dive for him to not have, like, been obsessed with Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> Uh, just going back to Dave real quick. David existed. Come on. D was David. He was the husband of Libby who got the boat to Desmond. What? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Robin's like, hang on. Libby wouldn't marry that guy. That guy was garbagey. His <laughs> name was Dave. He was at the same institution as Libby and Hurley. And Libby's dead husband's name was David. The boat that she gave and accidentally ran into Desmond <clears throat> in an airport and gave him the boat called David that took him to the island. I know, but but then like, what about like Dave being like not in the pictures that like the the um what's he was already dead okay Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to do more thinking about okay you're welcome (laughs) okay i was jumping way ahead (laughs) um uh, okay um let's see 
We also have that they take Walt because he's special. They're going to put him in room 23. Friendly. Mr. Friendly is here. That's not a real beard. I love that. Th- <laughs> I love the reveal in the next season of the costumes. I really That's love that. Real beard. Like the drama club of the others. I love Mr. Friendly. Mr. Friendly has like a special place in my heart and it made me sad when he died. Also, the, our queer characters. I, I can't believe the one, like the real like shining flaw of the show is the lack of queer. But back then, like yeah. it doesn't surprise me, it doesn't excuse it. But I love that we have a giant old bear. Uh, <laughs> no joke. Who pretends to be menacing and is just like this sort of not menacing gay guy, you know? Yeah. His name is Friendly. Exactly. Ah, oh, Tom Friendly. Yeah. And he's got a cute boyfriend. So weird. But I mean, one of the other things you wanted me to write down was that, you know, how the others found the raft. Uh, yeah. yeah. The looking glass station. Uh, Ah, ha ha. Yeah. I mean, that they totally worked in conjunction. I, you know, even though Ben told them it was, everyone, it was, it was abandoned. The technology down there was working. And so they had the boat, uh, with the, you know, the boat that featured heavily that Mike, Michael took off the Island in season, the end of season three. It's like that. It's all connected to the sonar down in the looking glass. Is that um, the place where Lena Perea was inexplicably? It sure was. Lena okay. Perea was yep. there for an episode. See, there's some gay knowledge for you. And then she died. Hey, fun fact, though. She and Jorge go way back from when they were younger. They went to uh, school what? near each other. and went to drama school. And they have a similar, they have some similar family background. Um, cool. Super cool. Yeah, he and Lena are good friends. That's really neat. Yeah. And she lives here. Um, those are all my spoiler thoughts. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm glad you wrote down the ones that I had mentioned. Yeah. Let's see. There's so much to this episode. It's so good. Yeah, it's so true. I actually, Amazing. I honestly like, um, I was thinking about the brief scene with Son and Claire and it made me really, really wish we had more of that. More friendship. Yeah. yeah. There weren't a lot of time, weren't, wasn't a lot of time for friendships, let alone female friendships on the show because there weren't that yeah. many women. But I just, there was something, um, not even maternal, but almost sisterly between them. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then when Juliet came along, it was the same with sort of her dynamic with them when, you know, when they finally figured out she was sort of on their side. And I I don't know. I just, I kind of longed for more scenes between these women. Yeah. I loved the scene with like Shannon, Sun and Claire, yeah. the, like the previous episode where they're just kind of like having a chat and like they're having a very dark chat, yeah. but, but at least they're like talking, you know, like you got to gossip. Right. Yeah. And it's. It's how are you living on this island without gossiping? And the, now that everyone knows that, you know, son, they know this son speaks English and with Jin off the island, she can be free and she can mm-hmm. talk amongst herself with the girls. Yeah. I want to hear son's stories about her marriage. I want to hear what Shannon and Saeed were doing recently. But I also yeah. want to hear like what their thoughts are like apart from like the men in their lives. Like that's yes. the thing that really bugs me. Yeah. I want storylines like, you know, Kate and... Um, Claire's where it's about their situation and it's about what they're going through and it's not about, you know, any romantic sort of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted, I really wanted more storylines because women in this show are very much like the, the guys, girls. Yeah. You know, like they, they have male friendships. That's why when they started to get into how son was a badass, I really enjoyed that. I was hoping for more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know who we, we somehow haven't mentioned during this whole podcast? Ben. Well, because, because he doesn't show up until season two. Yeah. And if you don't really know, you know, I know we're in spoilers now, but I mean, they're, what a game changer of a character and a human being. Yeah. Yeah. I texted Robin and I was like, because Ben controls the, well, controls yeah. the, the smoke monster. Yes. Uh, he can summon it. Yes. So do you but think he doesn't Ben sent the smoke monster after the group? Um, huh. I'm, I'm inclined to think no. 
Uh, I'm not sure what he like. Why would he do that? Why? But I also well, think as we found out later with Jacob, like when he's like, "What do you?" Mean? And he's like, "What about me?" He's like, "What about you?" And what about he's you? Like, he's been yep. a pawn and a pants, pants, yeah, pansy. Hi, Patsy. The whole <laughs> I'm tired. Patsy the whole time. So like maybe he thought he was summoning the smoke monster when the smoke monster was working him. Yep. The smoke monster was like, "Okay, yeah. I'm doing this because it serves my agenda, dumbass." I don't think he's like. It's cute that you think I'm coming here for you. Yeah. I don't think. Ben has much control as, of anything as he thought he did. A yeah. and B that the smoke monster really answered to him. Yeah. I don't think the smoke monster ever answered to him. Because how do you, it's not like he can report back. Like, okay, I went and scared Locke. How's it going? <laughs> That's the thing I was thinking. I was like, is Ben just sitting there laughing his ass off at the idea of like Locke getting dragged through the jungle? <laughs> right. The smoke monster comes back and is just like, mission accomplished. Scooby snack, please. <laughs> just like just like in season one, some of the best uh, scenes are between Locke and Jack. I would argue that some of the best scenes of the whole series are between Locke and Ben. Agree. Yeah. So yeah, when, yeah. when Ben Linus shows up, everything changes. The, the I love how much Ben can get under Locke's skin just oh, yeah. by being like, I'm just saying something casual. Yeah. And Locke's like, ha, that doesn't bother me. And then immediately has like a freak out right out of his sight. Yeah. The air and tension on the show like viscerally changed when he showed up. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I love the dichotomy between Locke and Ben just because they both have the same blind belief that they're special. Right. And be- yeah. between them, it's a competition. Whereas you think it's between Locke and Jack to be the leader, but it's really between Locke and Ben to see like, who does the island love the most? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. I just want to talk about Ben. Okay. We're good now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we outro? Sure. Sure. Okay. Joe, once again, thank you so yeah, much for coming on. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me for three whole sessions here. It's been great. And you know, I'd love to come on for the rest of your finales if time well, if time works out on our schedules. Hell yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, um, and want to tell us one more time where we can find you on the internet? Yes, you can find me at Joe Opinionated and you can find me at Cancer Gets Lost. Yay! And there's an auction coming Yay. up this year, so go bid in it. Yes, there's a couple auctions. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I don't know. When is this episode going to come out? Ooh, good um, point. I can check. So the episode that we just recorded earlier today goes up on the 26th, and this episode will go out on the 12th of March. Oh, perfect. That's actually good timing, because in mid-March, there will be an online charity auction of items from the 100 specifically. Uh, to benefit a children's cancer charity. And I, I have some exciting related news uh, to this auction that um, once this, it'll, it'll be revealed by the time this podcast comes out. But anyway, there will be a an online charity auction for fans all over the world of the 100 um, coming in March. And then we have a giant auction of 500 items from 75 different shows and films in October. Hi. August. <laughs> August 1st is when it opens. And That's again, so many items. So many items. And it's uh, all also online and open to everyone around the world. Amazing. Yeah. And it's very well run. I so. just won something. Yes, what? you did. We both have won yes, something have. On ca- from Cancer Gets Lost. Both of us. Okay, but to be fair, it was it wasn't Cancer Gets Lost because it was a personal auction. But That's yes, right. yeah. Just to to gotcha. benefit the relief and recovery and rebuilding in Puerto Rico, I did an eBay auction because uh, I have so much amazing inventory of the hundred items, and you won a signed Bellamy postcard, right? Uh, it was signed by Jorge. Oh, sorry, you won the Lost thing. Yes, yes, yes. yeah, and then. Brittany ha- won the cabbie picture signed by Ian and Paige. That's yeah. right. It is my most yeah. treasured uh, thing now. <laughs> Excellent job. Appreciate all of your bidding and all of my options. Well, thank you for having them. 
You're welcome. Of course, yeah. Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffer. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end because someone else has the other ones and it irritates me. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> and you can follow at The Aficionados on most places, but mostly Twitter. Yeah. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash The I've said it enough in the last four times. <laughs> but if you have anything to spare, we really appreciate it. If you don't, we still love you anyway. Yeah. Thank you for listening yeah. either way. Yeah. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay, love you, bye. bye. What? What'd you say? <laughs>